right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another year of recaps on the No Laying Up podcast slash live show brought to you by our friends at High Noon. Mitch Campbell already in the chat saying, bang-a-lang, Solly is here. That is, of course, Neil on the uh, ones and twos with his bang-a-lang button. Hello, Neil. Gentlemen, good to be with you from bleak, cold, sleety New York City. DJ Pie, what a difference 12 months makes, baby. You know, we're seeing a lot of a lot of shots out there in the telecast. Oh, that's where that's where we were last. Oh, remember uh, that's where Jordan hit, hit it when we were out there. Remember, and then JT got up and down from there. Yeah, he's Different about to hit the Father Damien ball off eighteen T. Unbelievable! There's Molokai. That was the voice of DJ Pi, as well as an expanded field this year at the Century. They moved to 59 players, and we are expanding our field yeah. uh, as well to include Big Randy. This is uh, a highlight event for him. Hello, Mr. Big. Used to be winner. Used to be winners only. You know, <laughs> now we got these guys sneaking in. Hello, guys. Wonderful to be here. As always, thanks for having me on your program. High Noon, of course, is back for another year of Live from the Kill House. We greatly appreciated their support in year one, bringing these to life. We are doing even more of these shows uh, in 2024. They seem to be a hit with people, and that's a huge, huge, huge thanks to them. And they got uh, Not only are they back for a new year, they got new packs. You can sip packs. on summer flavors in the middle of winter, introducing the all-new High Noon Snowbird Pack, featuring the perfect mix of winter and summer flavors. The eight-pack includes two new flavors, raspberry, and plum alongside high noon classics peach and lemon of course all made with real vodka and real juice and the snowbird pack is a winter exclusive available now through march so get it before the ice melts track down the pack nearest you on drizzly at your local convenience or liquor store you can find all locations at highnoonspirits.com quick question yeah randy i know you're a big fruit connoisseur where, where do where do plums rank yeah it's a great question you know i'm glad we're starting there uh plums I, I don't eat enough of them you know of course they're they're great for the digestive system keeping you on time and regular it's a bit of a it's it's a it's a bit of a blind spot for me i'm not gonna lie i i do not know the deliciousness and the the joy of a wonderful plum i'm sorry to admit that neil you're absolutely killing our ad rate per minute ratio here after i I'm went sorry. and that yelled was, at that, that was genuine genuine no. curiosity for yeah, me i mean i think randy some homework for us maybe we explore the space yeah you know go get, go your get little, some little jack horner on yeah you know, well if you're taking your thumbs and some pies <laughs> if you're so anxious to talk then neil take us to chris kirk's one shot win here at the century i know you're absolutely stoked over this I mean, one of the few guys left that, that works the ball right to left. I mean, just towering draws all day. It, it felt like he was picking up his tee at the apex. I want to give a shout out to Kisner. I thought he was excellent. That was a breath of fresh air on the broadcast. Chris Kirk, not the most exciting guy. Uh, he seems to manage his energy. Almost seems like he's half asleep, but that usually leads to pretty good golf. And he seems like a, you know, a great dude. Imagine when $3.6 million, you're living in Athens, Georgia. I mean... You know, he might be, he might have the, you know, the cheat codes going right now. What's this? Is, is this his third win? Oh, more than that. <laughs> this is his sixth win, actually. Sixth uh, win, excuse me. First, I looked that up. Just getting I... word this was, in, in fact, his, uh, his sixth PGA Tour win. Yeah, he won the Viking Classic. He won the McGladry, won the Deutsche Bank. He won Colonial, and he won the Honda Classic last year. There was an eight-year gap 
uh, in between that, the uh, Colonial and the Honda Classic. But uh, okay, the Duke can take it deep. I know he won. He he won um, the uh, a Corn Ferry event uh, as well during the middle of COVID, the King and Bear Classic. Right when they came back uh, from COVID, he shot twenty six under to win that and does this uh, at twenty nine under par. Randy, you got a problem with the low scores at the Century? I know you do. Uh, no, nah, it is what it is. You you got to expect it. I mean, par seventy three plays plays. Why is a it a lot par seventy three? It, it does not. Number five does not need to be a par five. Just make it a par four. Listen, this is this is the season opening event. Everybody's on vacation. This is not the event where I get worked up about the low scores. That will come later in the year, I promise. So I'm almost thinking they should rather than making five into a par four, maybe just make it like a par par seventy eight. Like take it the other way. Oh. You know, just like because like with the wind, like it just changes all the time, right? Either twelve is gonna be drivable, fourteen is gonna be drivable. Maybe you can get sneak up on three, maybe you can get close to this one. So you know, just take it the other way. It's par 78, winners at, you know, 47 under par, 52 under par, something like that. You could I, you could let guys you could let guys declare their own pars. I like that too. Yeah, you know? that's interesting. Because we're just counting shots at the end of the day. Let them play whatever par course they want to play. We did an office hours about this, and Wolfie was talking about how the British Open, they used to, uh, they, were, they would change the par every day. It was almost like surf conditions. They would just tell I you like that. You get your scorecard. Like the par today is X. They should do that. Rolf should set the par based on the, where the wind is. <laughs> he might change it mid round. You know, if the wind, if the wind shifts around, he, he dropped a comment in there today. You don't get the wind direction they got today. You don't get more than 10 days a year out of 365. Very rare. He was Rolf, fired up about that. Rolf rules. <laughs> Rolf is. Hey, can best. I, can I say something about Chris Kirk? I, I see a lot of, I saw a lot of people <laughs> in the comments. Absolutely not. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can move back to plums if you like. <laughs> I uh, I saw a lot of people in the comments calling him the king of the mules. I resent that. No, guys done guys done way too much. I think he's he's become a pretty world class player over the last couple of years. You know, I don't think he's a top five player in the world, but he's been a guy that has just been around. He's been very solid top thirty, top twenty five guy in the world. And and I know it's we're kind of almost bordering on the like Dustin Johnson can dunk. Dustin's been working on his wedges. Like the the whole like comeback from alcoholism depression is is almost becoming like a one-line bio for him but man when you really like stop and think about that i was thinking about today so you know we're, we're all about the same age as as chris kirk he's maybe a little older but thinking about like your career and your livelihood and kind of this whole thing you've really like devoted your whole life to like almost being taken away from you at the age of 34 35 not even taken away from you i guess just kind of like kicked away yourself almost is probably more how it feels like all of this stuff has to feel like such gravy to him to get this like second act in his career to totally turn his life around and to like basically become like start playing the best golf of his life. And I think that's a very, you know, would I have rather seen Sahith win? Would I have rather seen Spieth win? Sure. But the Chris Kirk story, I'm I'm here for it, man. I hope he wins. Hope he wins three times this year. I'm I every time he does, I'm I'm happy to see him out there thriving. I love it. That's well said, Deej. I, I, you know, we got a chance to interview him summer, I think, of 2020, uh, right around uh, that time, and kind of he was finding his game, and he was just kind of coming out with his story and what it was. And man, it, it, he details it really, really, you know, in in some tough details in that about like what anxiety is like in terms of, I mean, the guy's made a boatload of money, like so much money playing golf already. And he would, you know, miss a cut and come to the, he would get in his hotel room and think like, I can't pay my bills this week. Like, and that would, that anxiety would lead him to drink and he'd just be drinking alone in his hotel room. And it just like started this spiral that was kind of out of control. And man, you just, you never like would ever know that by watching somebody play golf on TV. And it was 
pretty vulnerable. Uh, uh, you're, you're right. It does kind of just become that everybody knows his, his story of recovering from alcoholism, but man, like listen to the details and it's, uh, there's a, a lot to be gleaned from that. Well, I mean, first of all, I had always been someone who really liked to drink, um, and you know, like to drink socially and, and, uh, was all for a party whenever. But I think that it, it changed when, when my anxiety kind of got worse. And so, the the way I look at it is that I would uh, when it started getting bad, I would take a take a very rational thought, something that I would be worried about, you know, worried about that that I played bad one day, or or worried about whatever. It doesn't matter. Something, you know, we all worry about stuff. It's very very natural. So I would take that thought, and then I would that would change to something else and then that would change to something else and that would change to something else and it would be sort of a snowball effect. And, and within the matter of a few hours, I would get to the point where I was like, I, I've got to sell my house. I, I need to quit and and find another job. I've got to do, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to afford to pay our electricity bill next month and all these all these things that when, you know, when I look at it now, and if you had looked at it from the outside, then you would say, uh, that makes no sense. Like it's completely irrational. But at the time it was, it was very, very real, just as real as the first thought was. So as that, as that kind of continued to happen, I, I just was basically searching for a way to shut my brain off and stop all that. Mm. And so that was, that was what I did, you know, and I, and I remember it very well, just like to be able to drink to the point where I could just sit there and stare at the wall if I wanted to and not think about anything. And so it was effective, effective medicine for a while, but then eventually it stops working and it can, can make it even worse. And so that's, that kind of touches on where when I did stop drinking the first time and tried to, then, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the anxiety, anxiety was able to kind of flow out without anything to slow it down. We talk about this on the pod all the time, but everything just gets flattened, right? Where you, you hear this like, oh, he's overcoming adversity. And that could mean, depending on those guys in the field, it could mean everything from like he hit it in a bunker on 18 last week to like his life almost became unraveled due to alcoholism and depression. And that all gets flattened into like, oh, he's overcoming adversity. And it's it's really worth, in in my opinion, like stopping and, you know, double-clicking, Neil, on the the, sure. the shades of gray contained therein on uh, Chris Kirk and and his story and how much different it is than a lot of the other guys out there. So I'm, I'm a big fan. I would agree with you that he is definitely not a mule, but I wouldn't put him in the thoroughbred category. This is where we get into the dressage horse, the, you know, what is that? What is that in between? Might have to call on Cody for, for a ruling on what type of type of horse or horse adjacent. Uh, I think he's just a way he's a, he's a, he's a working horse. You know, you, you, you saddle him up, you, you take him out, you, you take a look at your property, you, you yeah. check your fence lines. I mean, Cody knows all this stuff, especially the, in this, the year of reaping, right? Like, I mean, yeah. he's, he's yeah. kind of a, a horse that just strapped the plow to him, get him, get him out there. sowing some stuff. If, yeah, if, if you're still doing your harvesting that way, sure. You, you yeah. know, you need horses that can just everyday horses. <laughs> so all your thoughts. <laughs> 
I was I was going to say something about winning on two different golf courses like uh, Kapalua and PGA National. I'm guessing the uh, I, I haven't pulled it up here on Data Golf. But I'm guessing the similarity scores of those two golf courses is not uh, not overly uh, compatible. That's two very very vastly different uh, wins on two different golf courses. I'm trying to think of somebody who's done both. Come on, there's come on. You guys can come up with one. There's got to be somebody who's done it besides the cat. Cat, yeah. I I try to ignore Honda as much as possible. And you know what? Palm I'm wrong. This is like it is the eighth most similar course to to the plantation course of Kapalua. <laughs> so uh, it's just on like what? what what kind of players that succeed might be there. A golf problem. No, yeah. it, no, it's like it's a correlation to like what you know what players have success there. The the, the style of the courses are vastly different, but uh, it kind of rewards the same kind of stuff, but. Uh, uh, one other thing I'll chat out. I you know, a lot of times they bring up the uh, kind of special interest piece. The, him playing lefty, for like so sick. Was, that kind of blew me away. Uh, I mean, to hook him up with TC. He's shot eighty-two lefty, like back in the in the fall. Like I am, I would love to know more about that. So yeah, uh, something on TC. And yeah. I want to get into uh, you know NBC pulled that great video of uh, of him beaning his caddy in the batting cage. You see that earlier? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I missed that one. His caddy had awesome. time to get out of the way of that one. That I, wasn't you saw. I thought the same thing. It was eighty-eight, like yeah, sixty-five. Yeah, <laughs> that looked like you and me when we were throwing the batting cages at Wrigley back in twenty seventeen, but. Dude, Kapalua, I, and I keep saying this, Kapalua freaking rules. And if you got a problem with the low scoring, I'm sorry, we just are, are two different people because it requires, and I, th I thought it was the most elevated effort NBC gave to explain the details of each shot, right? Because it is not textbook shots out there. We Everybody knows about the massive elevation changes, but all the considerations of the grain and the slopes and all this. And it helped just to have Kisner in the booth talking about all this stuff as well. But all of like the dividing line considerations of each shot were highlighted so well. And I don't know, I thought this was really good viewing. We were chatting before we came on. It sounded like you, you some people thought this was a bit of a snoozer, but I was, I was for a golf nerd. I thought like they honestly, obviously the commercial load is a total disgrace. We don't need to rehash that, but felt like they upped their effort. And I for as down as I was on this event on Wednesday's show, I really actually enjoyed watching that this week. I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I didn't. I don't think I said it was a snoozer. I said I, it said felt it like Rom would have won by four. <laughs> is what I is what it felt like to me. And I, there's no way to prove like that. There's no way to, there's now that no he's on live, he's a lot that. better. Yeah, he's a That's lot better. Kind of what I'm, well, I'm, this is the first time I think I'm going to reach across the aisle and kind of agree with something. I'll give them some fodder to uh, to use. I see you guys. I hear you. I feel for you. Rom would have won by four this week. This is a, this is throw these results out. These don't even count. Would he have beaten this Taylor Gooch? Tournament. Uh, hard to, well, that's hard to know. Yeah. Hard to know that for sure. No, but, um, I don't know. Hey, I want to, I, I got, I got two things for Chris Kirk before we, I'm sensing we're going to go other places soon. One very much enjoyed that. His kids' names are, uh, Foster, Sawyer, and Wilder. Those are peak Georgia names. Uh, Neil, maybe some future, the Marist school students among that group. They, they scream SA, SAEs at, at UGA one day to me. Uh, but then also I wanted to ask you guys uh, one shot lead. This is why I think Kapalua is a little, this is my only nit to pick with Kapalua is if somebody has the lead going into 18, it's just such a, it's such an easy hole. And I was going to say, what confidence interval would you guys place upon yourselves to hold a one-shot lead playing 18. Because I, I think all four of us could do it. I, I legitimately think that in my heart of hearts. Oh, could do what? Could make a par when you need to? Yeah, could make par. I, that, I would worry a little bit about the grainy Bermuda. Yeah, that, that touchy is, chip that third touchy shot down, down the hill, hill is, is no, just as scary to me as roping a three-wood in 
from from up up top. No, because you just you just can't skull it. You just got to chunk and it'll run out. I mean, you're gonna have at worst like a twenty foot putt. So I guess it's you know, can you lag a twenty footer up there? I, I think Randy, the biggest I think it's fair feedback. I think uh, the biggest case against against Capilua would be like there's so many balls rolling down to the same spots. Okay, right? Deej, I was gonna say the exact same thing. It's fifteen is where it bothers me. Where they like I, I fifteen stinks no i wish there was a way no it doesn't stink but i wish there was a way for them to create a wider land like flatten out a little bit more land down there so that within a you know 100 yard radius if you catch that hill like what happened spieth and harris english's balls like end up like hitting it's next to each other in a divot like it it just kind of it's frustrating when uh there's just a magnet like when i'm playing golf on a course like that i get a little frustrated by that when they all end up in the same three by three area seven's kind of like that Right. I, I, but I weirdly, it weirdly works for me because it's like, all right, do you want to hit play from up top or do you want to hit the shot that risks going into the right rough and maybe goes in a divot where everybody else is at? Right. There's like a little strategy around like, dude, it might end up in a divot if you hit it out into that spot. I don't know. I, it's, it it's a like- weird course. It's a weird. And that's what I like about it because it kind of as for as far as the ball goes out there, it kind of is not a course that's ruined by distance because everything is just about uh it's all it's a lot of half par holes and it's a lot of like touchy wedge shots but there's so many considerations that go into them that are it's just not stock golf shots that's what i love about there's not i'm trying to think of maybe maybe number two the par three is the only like stockish golf shot i can think of on that course yeah i i think that's right i i love watching it because it's purely unique and totally different than anything else and i i feel like it's uh from I feel like we've said this before, but for like a mountain golf course, it's the best example of like mountain golf that I can yeah. think of, right? Because at a lot of those mountain types of golf courses, you have balls all funneling to the same direction. At least out there, you have enough width, solid to where what you're saying on 15, like there is a dividing line between staying up top and coming down to the bottom. But it does kind of seem like those are maybe the only two options, right? It's like you're either going to be in A or B. You're, there is no real like C. And, and that's where if there are a few more ledges where maybe a ball gets hung up here halfway down the hill, I know that yeah. maybe that sounds artificial. These are, this is a nitpick. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. a couple holes, but they end up being holes that matter down the stretch and kind of like what Randy's saying, you're seeing them in some ways it's good. Like 18, you see the guys hit the same shot, which is an awesome shot. Yeah. Then on 15, it's not really an awesome shot. It's like, oh yeah, it's going to roll down to the right. And that's kind of boring. I totally agree. I don't know. What what do you guys think the uh, the scoring average was on the fifth hole this week? Allegedly a par five, <laughs> like like three point two nine five four point one. Get there were one hundred and seventy four <laughs> birdies and thirty six pars. <laughs> it's a par. It's hey, a par four. Speaking of the birdies, uh, I want to give a special shout out uh, to Sanjay M for making thirty four birdies this week. Randy, how many did you make in your quest, your twenty twenty three birdie quest for the year? 25 birdies and an eagle <laughs> and an so, eagle. However, I don't know if Sanjay made any yeah. eagles. We could have, we could put our research team on that. Uh, but how, how does that make you feel? I, you know, honestly, fine. I, it it kind of gets back to like Sanjay. That's his job. He sure. should be out there making birdies, right? I, nobody's paying me to make birdies. So I, no I eagles. think that's okay. That's yeah. true. And he made no eagles. And he made no eagles. So I got that on him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think if I gave you 34 birdies out of 72 holes, what do you think, Neil, what do you think you shoot for the week? If I started 34 under? Yeah. And you only had to play 38 holes. Uh, okay. Um, 
I think I go, I think I finish at like minus 20. That sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, it's still like a, like right? a I, 77 I, I, rated course. Like it yeah, is what I, I mean. Like it's still hard course. I'm like I'm going to shoot 78, yeah. 78 on a, like if I'm feeling great out there. So I, I feel like even par is a great bet. If, for if you, Neil? No. Well, for, yeah. So he's going to go 34 over in 38 holes. Shots well, fired. That, be the most like shocking thing in the world. I mean, Neil and I, you know, birdie, you, I mean, I, I thought you, you had a little more guys, confidence in me. Did you guys watch those guys putt out there? They're befuddled by the greens. <laughs> Have you guys watched strapped when Neil's under par? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, multiply by I think this was coming my way. All of a sudden I'm just catching straight in, in here. What, what's going on? Neil and I all shot birdie. We birdied 17 and 18 when we were playing we all shot. That's true. I for, yeah, I forgot about that. That was mm. in a PGA Tour event. Mm. Got so much <laughs> course knowledge too now after playing it once. All right, let's move on. Sahith, I, I got my shirt on. I have, I put it on for the back nine, and uh, of course, it, it did not end up working out for for my guy. But I have to, you know, I have to take uh, the words of of Mister Tagala here. I'm really, really proud of what he's accomplished for sure, for sure. Yeah. So uh, another this this dude is just seems destined to lose like 12 tournaments by just the hair like the thinnest possible margin a brutal lip out on 18 keeps him out of a playoff who knows kirk could have birdied obviously on top of him uh if he needed to but um the the juxtaposition of watching jordan sahith and chris kirk all come down the stretch was was quite jarring and, and led me to think uh neil we were talking about it a little bit before like sahith might be destined for the for jordan's crown of the the best bad golfer in the world like it's there, there's some truly jarring, jarring shots that he hits the T shot. What was that? 13 or 10. One of the ones going up that hill was just horrendous. I think Kisner said he might've hit it off the hosel. It's like 5,000 RPMs a spin or something. It's just so it's, there's some bad, bad, bad shots. But he's got, I mean, he's really, really touchy around the greens. Like yeah. I, I, I enjoy watching his, uh, his bad golf. He might, he might be having whiffs of, of the kid. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, he's kind of, he's swaggy. Fans love him. You know, he's, he's kind of wearing his emotions on his sleeve. He gets out of trouble after he hits a bad shot like that. Like if, if got not whips him, the kid. if not him, who, I mean, Tom, well, Kim, we, we've tossed around young Tom Kim, which I think is a total John the Baptist situation. I do not think he is the next kid, but he's been tossed around a lot. Uh, I think that that would be the media telling you that. Uh, I think Syeth might sneaky be like the true kid. How fun is it to watch Sahith play a golf course with wide fairways? Like it, it just where he could go be free swing. Like his, his drive on 17, he just looked about uh, like Fred couples level of, of tempo and looseness in that just absolutely wailed on it. Uh, I don't know. This feels like I was rude. I thought we were going to get a speed Sahith uh, one of the two, because this is one of both for each of them. One of the best chances they have to win a golf tournament all year, right? Like the longer and more narrow it gets for both of them the worse it gets and the more it can be about creativity and creative shots and not just about, you know, the, the driving skill, then their, their chances to win go down. So it just feels like a, a missed opportunity for both of them. I mean, saw also shot 10 under today. So. Solly, speaking of that, do you have Tony Finau's average driving distance for this week? If, if there was ever a week where we could see the vaunted extra 40 that Tony has, why, why didn't he ever pull it up here? Shot. What a random <laughs> shot here. Is this over on the now? big smash? He's probably worried about the big smash. He's probably worried about hitting the hazard on 18. Big. Well, you're talking about Sahith, you know, and it's so fun to see him on these wide fairways. He can just grip and rip and you can kind of hit it anywhere. Take. I'm like, 
yeah, if 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 we're not seeing Finau, you know, flying at 380 this week, what what are we doing? What's he saving it for? You don't need to fly at 380. Use the slopes out there. Come on, he was sixth in total in driving distance on all holes this week at 321. Okay, so he's still not dipping into that. Extra I'm with Randy though. It'd be fun to see the big smash. I wonder what he's saving it for. I mean, he was hitting. He had 183 ball speed off the first off the first tee today. Like that's that's getting it out there. Pretty- it may have been part of his negotiations with that other tour. <laughs> that's a good you guys point. Sign need- me and I'll I'll show you. It. I'll show you. <laughs> we need to talk about speaking of someone having an extra 40 in the tank. We have a new longest drive in the history of the PJ Tour shot link era <laughs> hit by the pro Max Homa 477. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? Did he make birdie at least? If not, we have to hit him with the made par though. That's the only that's the only possible response to that. I, I miss this. What what hole? On the seventh hole. This was the seventh hole yesterday. Yeah, is that right? I, uh, so. he, I can report he did make birdie. Okay. Yes. Good. Yeah, he hit it. So I think when it was either playing downwind or hit the right spot of the of the hill or whatever. But uh, that hole plays like five twenty five, I think, and he <laughs> hit it all the way down the hill. <laughs> hit it four seventy seven. Forty three yards to the pin. Edged uh, Davis Love, who who hit it, I believe, four seventy six on eighteen at Kapalua in I forget what year, but that was the previous longest drive in PJ Tour history, shot like era, uh, and now that that belongs to bomb and gouge Max Homa. Mm. <laughs> so our heartfelt congratulations. That's sweet. Yeah, the disrespect, disrespect. For good, the game. good bounce back for him this week. Kind of, kind of buoy tendencies. Not, not his best start, and just kind of kept steadily rising. I think he finished. He finished top 10? T14, he finished. Yeah. Along with uh, uh, country music sensation Eric Cole, the validating, decisive, just putting Ludwig in a body bag. Uh, I know. Just sophomore album. Sounds like it might be a, a chart topper. That second record. Sensation. Second record's hard to do, man. And, uh, you know, to come back in, in your sophomore campaign is, is quite interesting. Ludwig shot 10 under uh, to save some face today. But uh, T47 out of 59 players this mm-hmm. week, despite a 63 today. People are asking if that's why TC called in sick. Um, cannot confirm or deny. I have to, I have to ask. I would, I would encourage you to tweet at Tron <laughs> to ask, <laughs> ask that question. Uh, what do you think of the speed th- thrill ride? Uh, are we? Is this is this a, uh, a sign of things to come for Jordan in 2024? That's the year, right? Yeah. What year is this? Uh, I hope so. I mean, he, he putted it great. Right. I mean, that was, that's always the, the do or die. It seems like drove it. It kind of seemed like he at last glance did was doing everything else kind of pretty average, but got some putts to go in. I I don't know. It's hard to say with like a golf course like this, you know, it's again, it's everything's super wide and it all kind of funnels to the same spot. So we'll see, uh, would love to see the next, the next test would love to see another proof of concept before we make any sweeping declarations, I think. I'd love to get rid of those just like three foot misses too. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. just like, just maybe one of these days we're just not going to do that and, you know, end up a shot or two from a playoff. So kids, kids kind of bottom lined it for him a couple of times. He's like, just make it. Just man. hit what it, man. Like, what are you doing? Do I'm taking so long. Like, <laughs> just hit it. Just make it. It's three footer. Just make it. <laughs> that was painful. What, what hole was that on? Is that on 17? I think it was on 15. Or fifteen when yesterday. He, that's right. That's right. Fifteen, and he was he he's crouched down behind. It's a two footer, three footer. Crouched down behind it, stands up, backs up, goes and looks at it from the other side. Comes back, crouches behind it, stands up, backs up, looks at it again, 
and then looks at the hole, misses the hole. It's just just awful, awful stuff. And kids with Solid, we know how grainy those are though. But That's Neil, the, you think you're gonna just make all those three footers? I don't think I'm gonna miss 34 of them. I want to. I want to <laughs> preface this with I, I do. I do believe that uh, Jordan and Justin could read the greens at Kapalua a lot better than we can. For sure. What, did you have any re- reaction of how dramatic some of their reads were on some of these? Like three, like two and three footers are like, oh, this is outside the hole, and I'm like, I, I don't know if this is outside the hole. It seemed like they had they really wanted to read a ton of break they. In those they seemed they were taking it very like uh, the grain was was yeah. on their minds. Like they were it, it was they were insisting on what a factor it was. So um, listen, I'm going to take their word for it. I, I would tend to as well. It just was shocking of like, you want me to hit this outside of the hole? Uh, anyways, but quick note here before we move on, this episode is of course brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf and the overwhelming number one ball on the PGA tour. Uh, this week in Maui, the 2024 season started with 41 players in the century's 59 player field, teeing it up with a Titleist golf ball as more than five times the nearest competitor. Jesus. Uh, and when the final putt dropped Sunday at Kapalua, it was a clean sweep of the top of the leaderboard. Pro V1 and Pro V1X players claiming the top four positions and seven of the top eight. I When I think about what we've learned about the golf ball over the last year and whatnot, and and all the things it can do. I do think of a place like Kapalua where there are so many different shots required, especially wind related shots. I think about the shot on 11. Like if you are playing a golf ball that does not spin the way you're expecting it to spin, it is nearly impossible to get your distance right on that specific golf shot. So I truly do think that there's a reason why 41 of 59 of these guys are trusting the same golf ball or a variation of the same golf ball to play in competition at a golf course like that, because the consistency in the wind has been, uh, is a huge, huge focus of, of all the things they do in their testing. And, uh, uh, I think, yeah, those numbers kind of speak for themselves. So head to titles.com to start the process and find out which golf ball is best for your game. It's a pretty irrefutable number. <laughs> 41 out of 50. They should just do that for the copy one of these weeks. Like, hey, 41 of <laughs> 49, 49. move on to the next topic, which is yeah. DJ, I'll let you handle this one because I think you're uh you, this is that's gonna become your blood sport for 2024 is watching this one particular player uh try to get the golf ball in the hole. Yeah, I didn't know where we we're going. I wasn't looking at the agenda, but that obviously tips it. I, I let me preface this with all the normal prefaces uh i have nothing against scotty scotty seems like an absolute great guy he's the i think by far the best player in the world uh but man is it rich and compelling to watch him hit four five three two foot putts right now because it just feels like i don't know man it just feels like a greek myth or something dorian gray type stuff like i'll give you everything you want you're just going to have to struggle over these three footers. Uh, I'll let you, you can, you can hit every green for all I care. Hit every fairway. You can shape it. You can hit the driver low. You can hit the driver high. I'll give you all the shots, man, but you're going to have to, you're going to rip your hair out because of these four footers. And I, I just, I, I don't know what that is golf right there. That's, just, that's why golf is, is the sport. It is, it's like, it is, you cannot just do one thing and go win the tournament. It also, I haven't checked the updated numbers, but I was thinking about it last year and they said it again on the broadcast today, how much, uh, like, it's always so funny that like whatever Scotty's negative strokes gained putting is, is how many he loses by like almost, <laughs> yeah. almost every single week. It's always like, Oh, he's, you know, he's, he's minus four and a half this week on the greens and he's five back or he's four back or whatever. And it's just, it's just awesome. Kiz is kids, whole thing. I don't know if that was 
right or not. Like the the whole shoulders being open, feet being closed, or feet being at the target, shoulders open. You know, the same way I believe he said like the he lines up to a putt the same way he lines up to a drive. The problem is like you can't hit a cut with your putts, so that's why he's either pulling or pushing things. I would have to think just to flag this. I gotta think. Phil Kenyon's probably good at looking for that stuff as well. I, I got to think that's probably something he's noticed <laughs> if that's a recurring thing, but I, I don't doubt that that's maybe part of what was going on today. But yeah, can't can't look away. It's it's reaching Zalatoris levels, right? Like it doesn't look yippy. Oh, come and, on. No, just as far as like how much I'm leaning forward in my couch when when it comes on screen. Like it's just, it's awesome. I, I it's it's a it's a big highlight, and I know that seems cynical or uh, or negative, but like in in the times in which we're living, with you know this bleak state of pro golf, the telecast is always awful. Like I gotta look for something <laughs> that's gonna really make me glue my eyes to the screen, and right now it's it's oh. Scotty's putting. So I, I'm sorry for him, but that's the way that's the way the, it is. The DJ, I could not co-sign that anymore. <laughs> uh, it's like the putts don't look bad though. No, and exactly. even seeing it better. up close at BMW. I, I watched them, you know, for 12 holes and it's like, they, they're high side. They just don't go in. They just never go in. And he's just, you know, endlessly flummoxed by it. I think we're going to find out if he's going to be, you know, is Scotty an ESB? Is he going to be an emotionally strong boy this year? Because I think he's, you're right. He's going to start shout out to TC. He's trying to raise some ESBs. Yeah. Like this could, this could be very difficult for him. Are we going to get a freak out? Like at some point, Solly, do you think we're going to get a freak out? Probably at some point. I've decided though I'm going to do like what he does, which is like pretend it's not an issue, and I'm just going to deny it all the way down. Like I think he looks better actually. I think his putting actually looks a lot better. I really do believe that. Whatever the new putter he's got, and yeah, I, I, I'd be curious his reaction to to Kiz's comments. Like I'm wondering if I'm sure that's it, I wonder if that's something they work at in practice. But when he gets into competition, he has a tendency to want to open his his shoulders to the line. But I don't know. It did actually look better at times. I know his numbers were not very good over the weekend, but he, he putted well the first couple of days. And uh, it is a weird course to putt on. So I don't I feel like it's going to be I in my predictions for the year. I said he's going to end the year with positive strokes gain putting. And I'm, I'm going to still ride with that despite a, a tough opening week where he was 45th of 59 uh, players in putting this week. But I think you're right. I think that's a good flag to throw. So is that. Kapalu is a weird place, especially for short putts, like weird grainy stuff. It's there's a lot of foul tips going on out there, I think. But it's watch this space because it, you know, if he slays the dragon and he totally fixes it and he, you know, just runs away and hides as the best player in the world, and he wins five times. Like, got to take your hat off to that too. But I, I'm here for either one. I just that, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Well, the Bermuda's finicky, but hey, we're going to we're going to Poa pretty soon. Right. right. An attitude grass, attitude DJ. Grass, right? And exactly. I don't know if he's got a good attitude right now. And so I mean, who's got a better attitude, though? I think he's I think that's what Solly's saying. Like, it, it all seems to roll off his back, man, which is well, that's his whole thing. How can that happen for so long? It's been like a year and a half. How can that just <laughs> no, it's not happening? It's not even been a year. I yet. don't know. The strokes gains chart does not look great. Like over the, from basically the beginning of last year, it, it looks just a downward, gradual you know, maybe a two-degree decrease there. It's Not so, good. So sick. Deej, what did you think? I I think they were talking about it maybe Thursday or Friday. I forget, early in the week. Uh, they, the announcers were making a big deal. You, you, of course, are a process maven. And they were talking about Scotty. Two things every week. He just needs two things. He, he has to go in feeling like he's prepared, and then he has to have a good attitude. And then... Come what may, it's a successful week for him if he can have those two things. 
actually kind of dug that. I, you know, keep it simple. Um, it, it's why I think this putting thing, I, I'm not sure if he's going to have a freak out. I, I think, you know, he's, he's just trying to stay positive. But I think Randy, that to me is what makes it so interesting. Is like, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that's what he's done for the last year, right? Is like, is show up and accomplish those two things. And it's led to a bunch of wins. He was player of the year. He's the number one player in the world, all, all this stuff. And like, how long can that keep going? How long can you keep showing up with the positive attitude as you know, these Greek gods that's keep punishing you in like these unforeseen ways. It's just, it's so, it's so entertaining. You guys want to hear something grotesque? I just pulled up his last 25 starts on, on his data golf page. Not once in his last 25 starts has he had a tournament where he lost strokes off the tee or with approach. Not not one single tournament has he, has he not. And he has only lost strokes around the green in three tournaments out of the last 25. So like of those 75 possible opportunities to go green or red, he is 72 of 75 in making those green. Now in putting, he is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine positive putting weeks out of 25 in his last 25 starts, not counting this week. Man. And still what? 20 of 25 on top tens. Dude, really, I this may take a while, and I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to November 6, 2022 and read you his results because it is, it's still absolutely ridiculous. T3, T9, second, T7, T11, win, T12, T4, win, fourth, T10, T11, T5, T2, T3, three, three, T4, T3, T23, T31, T2, T6, win, and this week was T5. And this is like the best part, I think, is Randy, to your point about like attitude and, you know, sh showing up like he, he gets home from those tournaments and I'm sure Meredith is like, man, that's a great week. You finished third. That's awesome. Now, way to go. Like you're you're killing it. You're so consistent. This is so impressive. Like, how does he not just lose his mind after all of those start to run together and he just like ha isn't winning? It's just God, it's awesome. I can't even. Th I can't think of anything like it. Honestly, I think. I think he's. He's totally fine. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I think. Well, I would say. I. I and that's I was, the other thing. That's what. Sorry, Neil. That's what I'm not here for. Is just pretending like this is not a thing. Like we his, talk about it every his, week. I'm with, I'm with you, Deed. No, 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 no not thing. us. Not us. I'm okay. talking about him. That's the one thing that I can't abide by because, like, or maybe Randy. Maybe that's part of the process, and like we'll see whose will breaks faster here. But that's, like. As yeah. soon as he keeps showing up, just like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm, I'm not really concerned about it at all. No, I don't even think about it is, is uh, that, that I can't really, you know, I, I don't know how much, how long I can do that. I, I am happy to see that Ted Scott's not behind him reading putts anymore because I, I do agree with not that he's a bad, you know, green reader, but like you gotta, you know, I think at that level, you gotta pick your line and go. And if you start blending opinions and stuff, I thought that was, kind of clouding his putting last year. So we'll see what happens with that. He he had some interesting comments before the week started. You know, he, he said, you know, last year, my ball striking was obviously very good and my putting wasn't as good as I think it needed to be, which I, I, I believe we can confirm. Uh, just checking with, with the sources that that, that, that does check out. Uh, he says, some years it's my diet. Some years it's been uh, some time I want to put in the gym. One year it was creating different shots. And this year, uh, kind of emphasis was placed on putting. I put in a lot of work with Phil over the offseason, and I'm excited. I saw a little bit of the fruits of that at the Hero. I had a nice putting week, and I feel like the ball's coming off my blade really nicely now. And I'm looking forward to coming out this week and seeing where I'm at. Going into I think it. So he, he's at least talking about it. And like at least says, like, this, is, this was a focus. 
Yeah. I, there's a, a, no way in no world in which he would ever do this, nor should he. But man, all I just want to hear about it. I just want to hear about what they've tried, what like what's going on behind the scenes. What are they working on? What, how is he actually feeling? How's he actually thinking about this stuff? Like, I, I think that might be my. If a genie gave me, you know, you could you can have eight beers with a tour player and like ask him any topic. I think that's that's where I'm cashing in my chips right there. I I just I can't get enough of it. He also he went to my, uh, my my favorite excuse for good ball strikers that can't putt very well of when you're hitting the green a ton of times and you're putting from between 10 and 15 feet, you can't really control what part of the green you're putting it on. So you're probably leaving yourself one of the harder putts. It's not like the dudes that miss greens and are chipping nearby leave themselves like the easiest putts because you're in mm-hmm. a little bit more control where you could leave it. But that was interesting to hear him say that. Sure. Um, can we zoom in on 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 I the mean, Kisner thing? Yeah, other other players don't seem to struggle with that, but yeah, uh, yeah they don't hit, they don't hit it. They don't hit the greens. They don't. That's, that's the whole point. That's, no, that's true. No, thank you. That's the yeah. point. Can we zoom in on the Kisner thing? Because I was I I was a little apprehensive of this just because uh, I, I mean I'm a fan of Kisner. I think he's a fantastic personality, and I was a little worried it was going to be a little hamming it up too much. Not necessarily out of out of Kisner, but more amongst. Like co-hosts, like really trying to egg him on and just like overly laugh at everything that he says as, as if it was really outlandish. But man, was he just super measured and gave great quips and insights, a little story about each guy, but a little bit of technical stuff mixed in too. Like on uh, Friday when he was on for the first time, I think it was, he was talking about what made Brian Harmon a really good chipper. And he's just, yeah, I mean, watch how fast he hinges his wrists right here. And like does, yeah, was great. and I was like, whoa, man, like that is a really good nugget. Like I watch golf all the time. I don't ever think about these factors. I need somebody to explain that to me and uh man to just have somebody that has relationships with all these players his max note was fantastic uh about when he was helping max with his putting or some point he's like well yeah you aim wrong you uh you don't aim where you say you're aiming and then you don't aim it you don't hit it where you're trying to aim uh so yeah that's a tough combination Uh, and his nugget about Cantlay came up to an hour and a half before the president's cup. and was like, Hey, give me a lesson on uh, putting on Bermuda. Yeah. He's like, Oh, okay. Well, shit. Um, I don't know. I thought he was, that was about as good of a vibe in the booth as you could imagine. Kurt Byram and him are a good combination too, just in kind of golf nerding it out and smiley being on the ground as well. That was, uh, was as hard as we've been on NBC. That was a, a very, very, very strong step in the right direction. And uh, I know he's not done playing, but the more we can hear of kids in the booth, the better. As you were saying that, I was kind of thinking about it. I, I didn't love the idea of, at first, I didn't love the idea of, oh, they're only having him here and Phoenix, I think, is the other one that he's doing. And like, are we going to get any consistency and yada, yada, yada. And seeing that and just hearing what you were saying about having a nugget about each guy and whatever, I, I think it's easy to run through those nuggets really fast if you're doing it every week. True. To the point where I almost... I almost this is half baked, but like I would almost think NBC maybe should just get like a rotating mm. cast of dudes, like taking the pressure off of somebody signing up to do twenty five weeks a year or whatever it is. Like get get guys on three, four, five week stretches and kind of rotate them in and out. I know that's tough from like a production standpoint, and not all the events are quite as laid back as Maui or whatever. But when you have them in the tower like that and talking so much, like dude, that's a that's a big lift on these guys just as far as like not saying the same things over and over and not falling back into like, Oh shoot. If he was playing me, he'd make this one, which is it did a like too much. Clearly, that was the which one. Is clearly, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Is like, that's probably the fallback, right? Yeah. Because he's just has to be talking all the time. I almost wonder if they should just get multiple guys in there and like get a, you know, you, you get five guys and maybe you get five times the stories and insight and who knows. I, 
but a worthwhile experiment for sure. Just depends if you can get four other guys that are, are good at it or yeah. else it's going to be tough on the, you know, you're gonna be like, well, just bring Kisner back. Right. If somebody's not as good. Sure. This is such a good idea, DJ. I, I remember when Joel sat in for one of the matches or the Netflix cup or something like that. I think he would be perfect for this and like just literally forming the stable and, yeah. and rotating people through figuring out how it works with their schedule and making sure that they're fresh because it is extremely hard to have like fresh takes week yeah. in week out even even bring them in thursday and friday i mean Sally, a lot of that shit you were just saying was that came from like i believe like the friday broadcast mm -hmm. when they had them in for like a short period on friday like even just something to spice up those you know those rounds because like I, I didn't he was great today i loved having him but i think that's weirdly like sunday is almost the last time you need him when yeah. like the drama is kind of the drama and you know it's you know Chris Kirk or Spieth or Sahith, like let's just let the golf play out. But I think Thursday, Friday, it's it's hard to find a reason to watch with the current commercial load, with all you know, all the things we've been talking about for a year and a half. It it is a hard sell to get me to like sit down and watch. And a player yeah. or somebody with a lot more insight would really help. I loved him today, though, man. It was he brought the the right kind of uh, I don't know what the word is, but he would just I remember he, him teeing up. Kirk's putt on 16. I mean, it was just like the yeah. right amount of drama of like, he's going to, he's going to put this right in the back. Yeah. He didn't, but it was kind of like that, that kind of lead in and anticipation uh, is just, I don't know. I just, I, I was, I was, and he didn't do an impression of an announcer. Like he was just himself. And I don't know. I thought that was a really strong step in the right. Yeah. Direction. And it seemed like good chemistry with John Wood too. Yeah. They're you, know, John, you know, yeah. Wood, give me a read here. And there's a little bit of player caddy dynamic with that which is cool uh, I, I feel like cbs was doing a pretty good job of this last year when they would bring in like they brought in rom i can't remember which tournament and he ended up like staying on for like an hour you know yeah. 45 minutes and just kind of giving his insights to uh nance and, and immelman i think dj I, I agree with you there's probably some different ways you could just get current players that maybe aren't playing quite as much like yeah fire them up for you know on a rotating basis max would be sweet i mean just when you finish yeah. around, go in the booth. It'll help your pip rating. It really will. But sure, uh, a couple other things for NBC. I thought the graphics were really good um, with the elevation stuff. Um, yeah. And you know the the hour, the commercial free thing at the end is awesome. And I just don't understand why we can't do that graphic where they were they were popping up the the Callaway like the kind of screen takeover. Why can't we do that with to replace a commercial? I no. almost think it's more valuable to the sponsors. Stop. You could, you could, Stop giving them this idea, Neil. Well, I'm saying no. This is what they're gonna do. It's not, it's not that intrusive, and it's it's better than playing through. Like I don't need to, you know. I drove on. Like I don't need <laughs> that. My ears every every 15 minutes. I, we, we've said this a bunch too about like particularly with the title sponsors. When you go on and you see how much of the TV ad inventory is for the title sponsors, like. Century Insurance is yes, they're they're doing this title sponsorship for for part of that, but a lot of it's entertaining clients. A lot of it is like the you know being on site. A lot of that stuff, like God, if they took half their TV ad inventory out, they would like nobody would notice the difference, <laughs> right? And it just gives you so much more golf back and so much more chance to do you know on screen stuff like you're saying, Neil. 
But the only way that's going to go is they're just going to do that in addition to the current ad load. They're not yeah. going to take away ads. Like they're going to see that as a green light of like, oh, we could just twist this in here as well and do it on top of everything else we're doing. That's the only way NBC would ever do that. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't give them any ideas. But sure. I will say it looked like they stepped up their give a shit a little bit this week. Better camera angles. The drone stuff was really good. The plane stuff was really good. All their stuff they did on Lahaina as well. And, and uh, you know, the, the obviously of the tragedy that happened there, the disaster that happened there uh, five months ago and, and kind of all the stuff that Century is doing, all that was working. I don't know. It seemed like uh, uh, for as, as, you know, not optimistic as I was about them going into this year, it was a, a nice start to the year. So I want to shout out my guy, uh, the CEO of Century, Pete McPartland. That guy oh, yeah. was an absolute electric factory on the screen. <laughs> I would, I would even consider him for one of those rotating analysts. <laughs> <laughs> Code man, you were going to flash it. Good, good time to mention. I, I, we had talked about it in the preview. Just what an opportunity it would be for the tour. You know, some guys to highlight the the actual charitable work going on. Um, in part because of the the horrible fire uh, not that long ago. And I, I did think the the Colin Morikawa angle was was interesting. On his Instagram, he shared he went and worked at this local farm. But I think more than that, He's trying you to know, sew. I, yeah, he is sewing. Uh, I didn't realize Colin's parents were were from the area. Uh, his grandparents were born there, so just kind of tied it in. He hit the first tee shot Thursday morning. Um, so it was it was a big week for for Colin and. Nice to see him at least getting out into the community and and kind of embracing and highlighting some of the charitable work that goes on. And I should say, you know, I I, I poked fun at the Century CEO, but it, it really does seem like Century has made a, a huge effort in and around that community. So good on them as well. I didn't think you were poking fun at him at all. I thought that was a genuine. <laughs> he was electric. I, I did like him. Century seems like an awesome tournament sponsor. I hope the tour doesn't you know, bone them and like try to jack to rate up. And they're like, we're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> they seem like they're pretty easy to work with. Uh, I wonder how that's going to go deal. I really very, I know I'm worried. <laughs> worried would love, should be. Would love for you guys to come see the flower hole in Stevens point, Wisconsin at, at century world. It's, it's a sight to behold. Um, we, we touched on this first reported by no laying up on our Wednesday happy hour show, but uh, John Rahm and his family were vacationing on Maui uh, around the resort, near the resort, at the resort uh, over this past week, uh, which was, was eventually picked up on by the, the uh, crooked mainstream media. But uh, did you call this one of the most sociopathic moves of our time? Do you <laughs> Maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, just... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people looking at this as uh, like putting themselves in John Rahm's shoes, which is, you know, a great, that's a great uh, function of human empathy in most cases. But I would say most people didn't just sign a $600 million contract. And, and that's kind of more where I was coming from is like, hey, I know uh, a lot of the players in this field have been working really hard, really hard to, you know, try to keep the PJ tour together and try to, uh, you know, going out of their way to try to go to meetings and try to, you know, bring in other investors and really try to like take control back for the players. Uh, but I'm going to go like the total opposite direction. I'm going to sign this contract with the people you guys are fighting against. And I'm just very publicly, I'm going to put the Letterman jacket on. I'm going to do the whole thing. And then I, like anybody who thinks like, Oh, what's the big deal? Like he was just like 
going on vacation has never been to uh like this tournament you there's what Solly 17 other people there at a time like you you run into everybody everywhere constantly and by reports like I don't know if they're like beating up the tournament staff for like hotel like dinner reservations and stuff just like really weird really really weird stuff and so I would think if you just came into hyper generational wealth like maybe eat that eat that uh you know deposit and, and <laughs> no deej this go is the somewhere perfect, else this is I the think, perfect but, example of the pros they're just like us it's like yeah. no man we're we're it's booked we already it. we, yeah what, it's already you booked. Want me to eat not, it? there's no refund yeah, policy there's a, a cancellation <laughs> policy we're out we're outside the window we're going the Come only on, thing i could get, get on the plane we're going the only thing i could think neil is if you know, it's hard as a as a small business owner operator to get days off for the butcher shop. To you know, if you have sure. you have a backfiller, you've told your customers we're going to be closed on these specific days. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to move that around. I guess, but I uh, I, I thought that's very weird. Am I the only one? It, like I no, Deej, no it, it was extremely weird. Yes, <laughs> okay. and as it was reported, who was it? Fergie or maybe Dylan DeChair had a tweet about you know some. Some mixed reactions with Rom running into guys. They didn't name names, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's struck me as very weird as well. You're you yeah. definitely are not alone there. Can also report not all cool with all the players. Trust me, yeah, on it is not all. Cool. Yeah, that's I mean, <laughs> I think it'd be like the 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 prototypical like you see Rom there, and it's just like the like if ever there was a time for just like a cool man, like <laughs> I, I think guys should just be hitting Rom with a cool man all week. Like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah, oh, I ended up coming. Yeah, the family. It's like, oh, cool, out man. Out by the okay. pool, hanging out, yeah. having a daiquiri. <laughs> yeah. Good luck out there, guys. What would you guys make of uh, of Jay Day's new fit? Oh, man. I'm going to probably stand down on this one. Let, let me put it this way. I think <laughs> I'm going to direct all comments to Tron Carter. <laughs> yeah, I think, Tron Carter is, I think it's accomplishing exactly what, what it's supposed to, yeah. getting us to flash a picture of his pajamas up on the screen right here. Oh. Uh, I mean, I think they're going for the baggy look, but like, I don't know. Just with the uh, the Dewalt and the motive, there's just a lot a lot of weird stuff going on. Uh, just just across his his sponsorship. I, I think um, this is this is not directed at anybody in particular, and I'm happy to be a, a whipping you know a whipping post for uh, for people who don't like this take. But there's a there's a big uh, like group of like the streetwear golf is like golf's getting cooler, and you just need to accept it type of people that are like. Just really, I don't know if they're trying, they might be trying to convince themselves at this point that like this is really happening and anybody who's mad at it, like you need to just take that shit elsewhere. This is coming. If it is like, I, I don't know, Cody, if you want to put that back up, it looks very stupid to me, but well, you know, <laughs> what do I know? Right? Like you don't have to listen to me, but I just, I, I feel like, I feel like that's not it to, uh, to borrow a phrase and I'm happy that they're out there trying it though. Good. good he had the uh, like lunar pants on today, like lunar gray. Look like yeah. he's gonna land on the moon. Uh, I don't know. It spices things up. It doesn't offend me. I mean, I, I, I I'm not gonna. I wouldn't probably wear what he's wearing. It's sure. not making me want to go buy Malvin clothing. I don't think it's it, uh, the offense is not what I'm worried about here. Is it, does right. it look good? No, it just it flat out doesn't. Like, I, I know part of the goal is, to, I, and I'm out on the whole vibe of like, well, you're talking about it now, right? See, made you sure. look. You sure. look at the ad bench, Randy. Right? I know a that's lot your favorite. of blue in there for you, though, Solly. I'm surprised you'd be so out on it. I mean, it, 
it just whiffs of the the hoodies on the golf course 2.0 to me. It was just like, God, people are so mad about these hoodies, man. They're so mad. They're so mad that people are wearing hoodies, but they're just going to keep doing it. Like, I don't think any, nobody's mad. Nobody cares. Like, they're just fucking stupid pants. Like, I don't, I'm not mad. I just think they look dumb. I just, like, at a certain, like, does, Maybe he does. Jay, do, Jason, do you enjoy looking like this? Like, is this what you want to look like into into your late thirties? If you do, that's fine. But if not, like, isn't there an amount of money that you've made in your life that would like make you want to say, like, no, I want to dress the way I want to dress? Uh, right. That would be my that'd be my question as it relates to this. But maybe I, I just don't Dash get it. Maybe I'm it. old. I bet Dash is like, this is it's what all the kids are doing, Dad. You should. Are they though? Get on board. But he's also old. Dash is like, know, which you makes know it how funnier. Forty five. That's why I think Dash has some influence on this. Yeah. I I measure I measure the passage of time by how old uh, Dash Day looks. A couple yeah, of I will say here, here's uh, maybe the last thing I would say. If Minwoo Lee was wearing that, I think I would feel differently. I think I'd be like, ah, maybe. fuck. Okay, that's interesting <laughs> because like <laughs> I, I think, think there's something this. there's something just aspirational about fashion when you see somebody wearing something that like, ah man, you know what? I I couldn't do that. There's definitely no way I could do that. I feel and, that way about Adam Scott as well. When sure. He, when he does these crazy tonal pat like you know palettes but, with Uniqlo. I'm like, man, I could never pull that off. But he's but like Jason Day is not that guy. guy in the world. So who that, would Jason no, Day is like, yeah. oh, that's what I would look like if I wore those pants. Like it just looks dumb. <laughs> yeah. Who would be yeah. the like, funniest to wear that outfit? That like his fit. Who would be the funniest guy? And is it Rom? Because it might be Rom. <laughs> <laughs> or or Seb Straka. That, that came to mind for me too. That's funny. Like, kind of like a, a callback to leash and the, the like horrible Izod stuff he used to wear. Brendan Todd. Brian Harmon, that would that'd be pretty funny, probably. It, uh, that would look kind of cool. Look like a cowboy. Like, can you picture like Spieth wearing something like that? I kind of wish Spieth would because <laughs> I think like his shirt today from Under Armour, they continue to. What's like, going on with the collar? What is this? What they're doing to our beautiful boys is a disgrace. It's a yeah. it's an American tragedy, really. The the, the stuff that they've dressed it's in for the last ten years. Make it, it. It's truly like fifth grade picture day on repeat. It's just not. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Cleaning out the rest of our PGA Tour news, uh, Victor Hovland has split with short game coach Joe Mayo. Um, don't really know. He, Victor did not want to get into the details of that. I believe he told Todd Lewis. Um, don't really know. Obviously, don't know any details because he didn't want to get into it. But that was very interesting considering the enormous leap he made uh, in his short game. Um, but interesting. It, of course, the, the clip of him sculling one uh, over the 14th green out of the bunker made its rounds after uh, he agreed to, to part ways with Joe Mayo. But don't know another story here, but that one might be uh, worth uh, worth keeping an eye on. So there, There's a weird thing that's going on just in, uh, in, in sports writing culture, or at least in golf, because I feel like in other sports, like this story would just get found out. And in golf, it just never will. People are like, oh, I don't know. I guess he doesn't want to talk about it. Like, what? it'll just go away forever. Like, imagine, you know, whatever. Imagine if some quarterback like splits with their quarterback coach. Like, that guy's kindergarten teacher gets tracked down. And golf is just like, I don't know, man. I guess he just, I don't know. That's exactly back to your Scotty Scheffler. You know, what have you been trying putting? Convert, you know, hypothetical conversation. Like, if if in in other high profile sports, if like the best player in the league is really struggling with one facet of their game, they're going to be asked about it every day. You know, yeah, just, we're, we're going to get a story base, out of it. But I don't know. Right. I mean, he's trying. Like, I don't even want him to do. He's trying. I think it's getting better. Can I give but you I my total to- guess on on this whole situation? Could not be less informed. This is, is couldn't be more anecdotal either. But 
Mayo's, he, he followed Hovland around, like, attached at the hip, like, like really, really tight, following him every step of every practice round and all around the range and all that, like, to an uncomfortable degree from what, every time I saw it. And uh, I saw him once of the players when Victor was making the turn, and he was just, like, up on the rope line, and he's like, come on, Victor, new more nine, new nine, new nine, like, screaming at him as he went to the 10th team. I was just like, oh, this is a weird vibe here, and I... I just wonder if that had eventually gotten to gotten to Hovland, but we'll never know, of course, as you mentioned. So, which listen, hand up, like should should we as the fake news media be working on these things? Yes, we should, and we'll we'll effort that. We we have a place to uh, to do that as well. It's not like that's all on everybody else, but uh, and, and I would also say shout out to Joe. I mean, he did good work with him. So hopefully, hopefully the the you know the chipping remains good this season. But what a turnaround story. Um, Deej, why don't you take us to um, the uh, another Hawaiian island uh, this past weekend? Where I think we're, the the luau is about to start here in a few hours, actually. But TC uh, was all worked up about this this past week. This was a true must credit TC, I believe, from the desk of Trog Carter. But uh, I hope I get this right. It wasn't officially. I, I don't. I think he tweeted about it. But uh, the PJ Tour has to do a rookie orientation every year for for all the new players. And this year they chose to do that in at the Sony, which in most years would be no big deal and would be a great place to do it because everybody gets into the Sony. It's, you know, got room for all the, all the players in that category this year. I forget what the exact numbers are, but is it, isn't it something like 13 of 27 or something? Don't get in. Like I think only 13 or 14 of 30 got in of, of the Q school grads and the 25 corn Ferry grads. Which means that all those people who did not get in have to fly to Honolulu <laughs> to go sit in a conference room for this meeting uh, the day before uh, then going to play the Monday qualifier to try to get into the event. Uh, just, a, you know, I, I'm sure there is a reason. I'm sure the, the tour would be happy to provide a number of, uh, you know, justifications for this. I believe they did cover their economy travel to Hawaii uh, to go do this. Uh, but man, just from a, like, just take like three steps back and just look at the big picture here. Probably not what the rookies want to be doing is, <laughs> is flying to Hawaii to go sit in this conference room. I think we saw the schedule. It was like, it was like nine, 10 hours of meetings or something. And a lot of this is like media training and you know, like, uh, where does the does, money come from? Where's the money come from? Where's the money go? PGA tour one Oh one, like how does the business work type of like pretty bureaucratic, stuff and then yeah i believe there's a luau that starts just about now uh in the afternoon just a really peculiar decision i don't know if there's something in the bylaws that like they would have to do this before the first event or something i don't know why you wouldn't wait until next week at the amex when i'm guessing most like all of these guys get in but just a really weird situation uh all the way around i don't know if you guys had any more any more thoughts on that uh, just it's a real good microcosm of of just how like just unsustainable it's inefficient what are we doing like why why fly everyone in the middle of the pacific when we could wait one week what are we or, doing or why didn't we do this like in jacksonville like two weeks ago or yeah. three, you know what i mean three weeks ago like i i don't know i mean i guess we i don't remember when q school was that was like mid-december why not do it like the monday after q school oh you got your card like just linger for another day we're gonna do this orientation i, I don't know it just seems like not a good decision, but and maybe there, I would guess they're probably looking at it as, Oh, I mean, we're paying you for you to come out and do your Monday qualifier basically. And what would have been an expensive trip now is, is paid for by the tour, I guess. But like, 
I don't know, but sure. a huge flaw in like fair. all this stuff is like they don't, there is no week where everyone's all together. Like there just isn't one. Like that's just not how professional golf works at the highest level. And uh, I don't know how this typically works. Is this a new thing that they do? Uh, or is it always this week and just everyone is in the field at Sony is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So, um, like video conference? That, Am I missing something? Yeah. <laughs> That would be my I'll first just, question as a rookie. Guys, I'll just dial in. It's, you guys have just, Zoom? Yeah, share the link with me. Yeah. Um, Brady's turning his camera off. Yeah. This was from Andrew Pantazzi on Twitter. Uh, he had uh, released that a Jacksonville federal judge ruled today that Patrick Reed will have to pay Brandel Chambly and new outlets, uh, I'm supposed to say news outlets, who he sued for alleged defamation when he was criticized for his involvement with Liv. The court found Reed brought the meritless lawsuits in order to stifle free speech. Mr. Clayman has made it very clear that they will, will be appealing, of course, but uh, absolutely shocked to hear that this claim was meritless and that they will have to be paying the attorney fees of all the people that he tried to sue. So this is going back to our awards that we did on, you know, the preview pod, Larry Clayman, first half all-star uh, trying to, you know, he's now gone another, he's, he's gone 11 hitless games now, Randy. And he's, he's out there talking afterwards. I'm like, no, don't worry. I'm close. We're going to find this. Uh, but it's just, you can't argue with the results, man. There's just no production. No. I'm on and at the risk of catching a lawsuit. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really in a big mood to, to comment on any of this. So everything's well, alleged. Of course. Everything's I'm, alleged. I'm on, I'm on Clayman's email list somehow. And he's, he's real big he's on watching all you. caps. Homie, homie sends everything in all caps, like big, long paragraph subject Why lines, <laughs> let, letting you know the news of the day. <laughs> that is interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. wonder where that. Hmm. Um, should we head to a new segment uh, we've got for this year? I'm excited about this one. I think there's, uh, you know, it's early in the year. We don't have uh, too many mulligans to have just yet. But um, listen, in golf. When bad shots happen, there's a mulligan ball. When fire, water, or other damage happens, there's Serve Pro. Thankfully, the pros at Serve Pro know how to make any mess, both on and off the course, like it never even happened. Uh, we're going to use this segment all year long uh, to check in to, uh, to to request mulligans when we want uh, you know a callback, a mea culpa, if you will, uh, on a take that we've had. And I'll go first in this one. I'll volunteer. Uh, you know, I'll stand up here and and uh, and and apologize, if you will, if or ask for a mulligan to say when I, I commented Wednesday on the on the Rory interview. I read all the trans, you know, all of aggregation of Rory's appearance on the on the stick to football podcast. I saw the bizarre victory laps on Twitter and I've and, and now I'm even more confused. I went and actually listened to the episode this past weekend. Uh, Golf.com called it a stunning reversal uh, of Rory's stance on live. Uh, there's almost nothing at all representing any kind of reversal on this. And uh, Phil, of course, took to social media to uh, take a victory lap on this. This is the part that he was taking a victory lap on, which was uh, Rory saying, I think what Liv has done, it's exposed the flaws in the system of what golf uh, has because we're all supposed to be independent contractors and we can pick and choose what tournaments we want to play. But I think what Liv and the Saudis have exposed is that you're asking for millions of dollars to sponsor these events and you're not able to guarantee to the sponsors that the players are going to show up. I can't believe the PGA Tour has done so well for so long. End quote. 
this is not new. Like they said this as of like August of 2022, when they came up with a new structure for PGA tour events to say like, Hey, we are going to go to sponsors and say, here's who's going to show up for your events. And here's how we're going to create value and all of this. Like this was not a stunning reversal. So Phil took that and quote, uh, quoted and said this quote and many others made by Rory today probably weren't easy to say, let's not use this as an opportunity to pile on. Rather, it's time for me and others to let go of our hostilities and work towards a positive future. Rom's signing is turning into a, a bridge to bring both sides together, as evidenced by the many comments today and a month ago about changing the rules for the Ryder Cup so John and others can play. So let's use it as such. Until an agreement is reached, it will be business as usual for both sides, but hopefully without the needless disdain. So the guy who drew up the bylaws of this breakaway league and the guy that started a lawsuit titled Mickelson et al., uh, versus the PGA Tour now wants to let go of all the hostilities because of this stunning reversal um, from Rory McIlroy. Greg Norman uh, said, the reason I say I appreciate Rory to fall on his sword to some degree is the fact that he did judge us by not knowing the facts. He judged us on other people's thoughts and opinions. I say, hey, thank you, Rory. This is a significant turning point for everybody. And uh, Brooks Kepka also took to social media to uh, do a sipping tea meme, the Kermit sipping tea meme, as if uh, Rory had changed his stance on all this. But man, guys, if you listen to that interview, that was not what was included in there at all. The one comment he did say was uh, the one thing he kind of uh, reflected on. He said, I, I was maybe a little judgmental of the guys who went to live golf at the start. And I think it was a bit of a mistake on my part because now I now realize that not everyone is in my position or in Tiger Woods's position. So I think that he's speaking to the the Polters or GMAX or whatever it might be to say like, look, maybe I was a little hard on you guys for going. Like you don't, you know, you're not getting bank, making bank like your boy over here is. And you, maybe you need that Stenson. Stenson was broke. He had to go. We know that. But That's true. Uh, he also said this. Uh, I don't begrudge anyone for going and taking the money and doing something different, but don't try to burn the place down on your way out. I think it's just created this division that will hopefully stop soon because I think it's the best thing for golf too. So to that, I would ask Mr. Mickelson, which of these two categories do you think you would fit in, in terms of, you know, maybe the guys that aren't that financially well off, uh, you recently took to Twitter to claim you're almost a billionaire now, or maybe like he also is referring to the guys like don't burn the place down in your way out. Like Mickelson at all might have, uh, you know, I, I would, I would tend to think you might fall into that category. So, uh, I'm ready for this, this weird, just grandstanding propaganda machine to just, I'm, I'm ready for all this to be over and done. It's so nauseating to just, the, the ounce of grace that Rory showed in this to like look back and be like, you know what? I was, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, high on my own horse, a little bit uh, paraphrasing, of course, on, on kind of my stance on, I viewed things through the lens. I wanted to see them. He never complimented live. He never complimented the format, never said a positive thing about the league, never said anything about the hope for the future, other than say, maybe it'll be its own separate part of the season at some point, like a two month sprint. Uh, at some point, it was not to say live golf is taking over or that it's been a positive thing for the golf world at all. Uh, he said competition was good for the PGA Tour, but it was not a reversal in any means. And I would like my mulligan because I definitely I read the aggregation going into into Wednesday and did not represent it very fairly. So hand up on. I appreciate you whipping that around at the end because the whole time I'm like, what is wait, what, what are you <laughs> apologizing for? I'm apologizing for not having this information when we went to air on Wednesday. Apology to them. Paul only reading the headlines. He's not reading the articles. I apologize okay. for only helpful. reading the headlines. That's my fault. I'm supposed to be above that, and I was not. I hate when people do that with our show and take the context out of it. And I I strongly recommend that everyone go and actually listen to it if. Uh, if you want to have an opinion on on this story, so hand up, guys. That's on me. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll like a mulligan on that. Well, 
like it never even happened. Like, exactly. Right. Well done. All right, I can go next. Uh, I'm not. My mind's not nearly as serious. Uh, but I did. <laughs> I did credit uh, on our Trap Draw Goals podcast. It is the Reapier. Uh, I credited Clarence Thomas with the quote, mm. uh, I know it when I see it in reference to what constitutes pornography. That was, in of fact, course. Justice Potter Stewart's quote from his opinion uh, on the 1964 Supreme Court case, Jacobellis versus Ohio, Randy. So I just want to I want to issue an apology. I would, I would like a mulligan with with Justice Stewart and shout out to his family. Yeah, and I I almost would take half of my mulligan on that. I feel like we should have known that too. You know, we should have called you off that one, and that that's that's a tough. I always thought that was a Clarence part. Thomas. You know, I thought that I think was, I've that heard was you me. say it so many times that yeah, I thought maybe I, I, yeah. I thought that one into existence. But it's Justice uh, Potter Stewart, so I wanted to correct the record there. Good stuff, uh, Randy. You want to go next? Uh, sure, mine is very much not serious, and in fact has nothing to do with golf because uh, I got nothing to walk back, boys. I'm, I'm batting a thousand. In lieu of, if if people are not familiar with the trap draw, that's our other very serious podcasts we do here at No Laying Up. This week is going to be another Ball Knowers Football Edition, where we're going to be talking a lot about the NFL, and in that vein. I need to make an apology to Jordan Love, quarterback mm. of the Green Bay Packers. He, um, I, I have not believed the hype all year. I've, I've gone on record saying I think he stinks, and I'm here to, I'm here to make a total 180. I, I want to walk that back. Over his last seven games this season, uh, including today's victory over the Chicago Bears, my guy is is completing about 70% of his passes, 68.9 to be exact. He's thrown 16 touchdowns, one interception. Uh, They've won five of those seven games to capture the last playoff spot in the NFC. I like Jordan Love. I I see it. I see it now. He's, He's super aggressive, trying to fit the ball in. He's he's playing offense quite literally. And uh, I want to apologize to him, Green Bay Packers fans, and our good friend Bob Sturm. Um, I, I'm hoping my distaste for Jordan Love uh, will go away like it never even happened, Neil. Wow. How about that? Well done. Hey, that's Randy. big of you, Randy. Well done. That's Thank good you. stuff from all of us in the Check out the trap for all this week Thank you, for, more, for more hot NFL takes. Uh, mine, I, I honestly haven't had a bad take in a, in a full year. So I'm going to go all the way back to, you know, what really stuck in my craw, Neil is uh, I'm going to go back and apologize. I would love to, to issue a mea culpa for my play on the Bay course one year ago. I've been thinking about it. You know, my, my wife played exceptional golf in the match, uh, between Pihowski's versus Schuster's. And I just completely let her down. It was my first round with new equipment. I'm topping drives. I'm just, you know, I'm just beside myself, uh, invasion of the body snatchers stuff out there, punted away, you know, took an L to the Schuster's and I just haven't stopped thinking about it. So I would like to issue a, a mea culpa and apology for, for my play. I know there's no way to really make this one. Like it never even happened. The video evidence is out there. The only way to do that would be to, to challenge you to another match. Maybe we can get that on the books, uh, for this spring or summer, but, uh, that, that, that really came back in full force as I'm hearing Kisner and smiley talking about going out to the Bay course and having a great time. I'm seeing all the, all the, you know, people posting photos from the Bay course. I'm like, ah, I, I got a, you know, I got an issue statement about this. Cause I don't think I ever really did. And bad, so, bad so men. That's, but- that's what I had to say. It seems like Justine's been playing a lot more golf than, and, and will continue to than my wife Carson. So yeah, you, I, I don't know if I want to schedule that match. Might, <laughs> might need, might need to. Uh, 
in that case, I would issue the Voice public to put, put public pressure on Deal to to get back in the arena, to to get his wife, you know, get her out to the range, you know, get that baby dialed, and then get her out to the range, and then uh, <laughs> you know, we'll set a date. I'll pass along the note after this. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right, Neil, we're gonna throw it to you next. You uh, you missed our, our our preview, our happy hour show on Wednesday. We did some superlatives from 2023. We did some predictions for 2024, and the people wanted to hear your superlatives and your predictions as well. So you're gonna give them to us uh, right here now, which is of course Chris Kirk and win a signature event. I believe was one of your <laughs> predictions you had. Uh, no, it was not. Um, but I, I I listened to the to the season preview. Was bummed I couldn't make it on Wednesday, but uh, I loved I loved all the stuff you guys brought up. The uh, the tiger tampon incident i totally forgot about that the, the first hat larry claim and stuff was great randy i i had it on my list on wednesday I, I had a bagged milk award and i just wanted to call out the canadian open uh for you know nick taylor making that putt i think that was like kind of the the lasting memory i had like what an epic finish that tournament and it was it was good to see the canadian open finally catch a dub after getting bodied by the pga tour two years in a row and you know they're going to, they're going to get a lot of mileage out of this. They, they changed their logo uh, and included um, the the silhouette of Nick Taylor in there. And, and as they should, you know, normally I'd probably make fun of something like this of like, Oh, you're taking, you know, kind of whiffs of like, let's take the blocky stuff and run with it. But I think this was, uh, this was kind of cool. And I, and I like this logo and I like what they're doing here. So I just wanted to, uh, to give them the, uh, the bag milk award. I had another one, the Fredo award. No graphic for this one, but basically, Chez, I can't believe that he signed the mule letter, but let me down like that. It's just I, I knew, knew it was I you. Knew it was you. I, yeah. I, I, you broke my broke, heart, Chez. Broke my heart. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I have a couple big, of uh, big actual, Reno guy, too, Chez. Didn't he win in Reno? He's got to watch his back. Don't go oh, fishing. no. I know. So, uh, the, Brandy, that's the, a spoiler for Godfather 2. The two awards I do want to give out. The first is the, the uh, annual Prestige Worldwide Award given to the sponsor with the like the, the name. You have no idea what they do. So past winners, of course, Megacorp is the original Prestige Worldwide <laughs> Award winner. I think they have graduated from this bracket just with Harmon winning the Open. Like they're getting they're getting so much burn with JT Poston playing well. So I think they're firmly like people know it's 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 a logistics company. Velocity Global won last year. Um, so normally you can just kind of follow Billy Horschel around. This year, it's it's really a toss-up between Lineage, which is JT's shirt sponsor. Uh, do you guys know what Lineage does? Yes, because you asked JT 60 <laughs> questions about it. five times. So it's a frozen food logistics company. Unbelievable. Uh, they got a, And they got a big-ass warehouse right here after you come over the, uh, the bridge from Staten Island. Unbelievable. Uh, but I think I'm going to give it to BDO, which is Horschel's newest sponsor. Do you guys know what BDO does? Uh, Logistics. But what, whatever I was going to come up with was not appropriate. Financial services. Close. Tax accounting uh, mm, services. Yeah. But I, you know, just BDO. I, like, what, I, what is that? It's just my, a my big ass letters on a hat. I like, I just, I, it cracks me up when I see. Big, big dick oversight. Yeah. yeah like, big dick what, organization. What, what are what are we doing? Yo, are we got a, we got a guy that works at BDO in the chat? Oh yeah, Brian, I'm ha happy to have you. Giving you a shout out, but you guys are the 2023 Prestige Worldwide Award winners. Please take that back to to your executives and, and let them know. Um, and then I, I do want to award the worst commercial of 2023, which I think is oh, just uh, got to be unanimous. You guys, come on, what do you think it is? RBC. Oh no, uh, not RBC. Really? No, the worst. 
No, the Dustin Johnson season aggressive pin commercial was that was a twenty twenty two deal. That was an old. I one. guess that was a while ago. Uh, I, I feel mean, like the Jeter one G- got G- a yeah. It's the Jeter yeah. one. Come on, oh, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. He, when, when the golf flights are grounded and then he runs into the wolf yeah. halfway through, no, he like, doesn't he's run into the wolf. That's the whole you know, thing. He sees the wolf and and <laughs> it's in the woods. I just can't believe it. It's so unbecoming of the captain to do this commercial. And the song is just like my wife hates me because I just constantly go, I drove on <laughs> like I get stuck in my head. It's awful. It's the worst commercial of 2023. You guys have any nominees for this category? I would did you think about Badget? The Badget commercials always made me angry. The, the oh, with uh, the guy from Shark Flight, the private flight one, yeah, the yeah, Shark Tank. I think Elway, you know, the, the kid yeah. and the Elway one was especially gratuitous. No, yeah, I could see it. it I, I, don't, I use Badget a lot, so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the discount also, code is great. Yeah, I I, it kind of cracks me up that like a private aviation company has such a budget commercial. You know, it looked like it was filmed on an iphone are uh, we sure badget like have you heard of that place that's in la where the like the guy like made up the inside of a fake plane like a, a private jet and he yeah. rents it out to influencers that might be what badget actually is like if you just need to fake that you're taking a private flight like that might be how you do it i don't know if i saw any commercials in 23 other than the jeter commercial yeah i'm trying to think if i saw anything else nothing about lowering sure. your a1c because that's Ooh, that's that's guardians, the block is, I'm guardians right is tough. that one's tough <laughs> yeah. with the whole broadway skit that, that but that's more like on 60 minutes i don't see that one as much on golf um anyway you know who needs Jeter, to get it together on uh, liberty mutual who? what's going on here with the emu like the mustache guy. Like, There's no worse vibe than when the commercial thinks that their characters are more beloved than they no, are. No, it's just let like, it go. I don't give a fuck about the emu and and the guy who's like, I don't no. care if there's a new guy. Just it's it's kind of like the flow industrial complex of now there's like a hundred. There's a whole flow extended universe. I got another take that, nominee. Take all that away. Sorry. The State Street. Uh, where It took me like 25 watches to understand like the, the tournament where they take away the middle clubs. And Annika oh, yeah. and Finau sure. try to play. That's that. That might be the worst one. That's, that's you know. What, you know. <laughs> I think I would. I would nominate Neil. It's it's been out for a couple of years now, and it seems like a great organization. So I hate to pick on them, but Volunteers of America. That that commercial always kind of with a guy like fighting loop. himself in the street. Yeah, that one always kind of takes me. Oh, takes that's me tough. Back. Yeah, I'm just uh, that, no thanks. Um, on a, on a total next, you got any more well, categories? No, that's it. But I have some predictions I'd like to share with you. Oh, well, I did have the garbage plate. Sorry, there is one more. The garbage plate. This is what I'm naming. This was just a superlative for Scotty Scheffler of kind of like how bad his putting was and how historic his um, ball striking was. And I kind of like it to the garbage plate of like, man, that looks horrible, but apparently it tastes really good. Like it's still like despite like how ugly the putting was, he still was able to have like a historic season and uh, what he won four times like. The guy's a total menace. So, Sally, with you, based on your predictions, I'm kind of with you on that. I think Scotty might take over the world this year, even if his putting sucks. It's it's kind of wild, but I don't think he's going anywhere because he's doing this and his putting sucks. It feels even more sustainable, which is wild to me. Mm, interesting. Um. All right. So I got a couple of predictions. Uh, you guys asked for newcomers. I I'm gonna have keep this, an eye on what is this? On, the what the hell is happening? Award is that an award or that's a prediction? Uh, no, I'm going to move on to okay. Cody. You, you can scrap that one. I don't even know that that one was for. <laughs> stupid. Why did I even come up with that? Stupid. The stupid. stupid. Is Sorry. Sand? Um, <laughs> no, you guys asked for who's who's going to be a, like kind of make a leap. I I'm I got my eyes on Leah Harvey Oswald from mm. from uh, mm. you know Denny McCarthy. I, I think he kind of strikes me as maybe the next country music sensation. Whiffs of Eric Cole 
Uh, he hits the ball great. Uh, seems like he's got just enough distance to to compete pretty much everywhere on tour. So I keep an eye on him. I also want to call out what, that your I your prediction think, can't be keep an eye on him. What's your prediction for him? Well, no, that was more of a newcomer. That's not a prediction yet. You guys, okay. were, you said at the end of the pod, like like pick a newcomer. Is he newcomer? I like. I, I don't I'm, mean to hang you out here. He's been on tour since 2018. Okay, he's the number well, 35 ranked player in the world. Right. And I was well, gonna say, I was gonna say that too. He hasn't won. How could he turn into <laughs> Eric Cole? Wouldn't Eric Cole turn more into Denny McCarthy? Maybe. All right. Bad take. You think right. he's gonna have I'll, a nice I'll apologize on the next next month's surf <laughs> segment for this. Uh, okay, this is a prediction. I predict that these three guys are gonna win this season. All three of them: <laughs> Bo Hostler, Sung J M, and Russell Henley. Okay. Sure. Okay. And I think I'm I'm. Sanjay's 25. I got it. I'm feeling maybe a breakout, a whiffs of a breakout. He's trending. He's playing really well. Yeah. Played well this week. Played well in, late in the fall. Uh, you know, people, I, people forgotten time him for him to start doing yeah. some he's, stuff. He's got to go. Yeah, it's time yeah, to shit I'm ready off the to, pot. you know, I'm more, I'm, I'm like, we got to hit, we got to hit the hole at this point. Yeah. So, and I feel like Bo Hostler is also kind of sniffing around maybe a, a win in a kind of a second tier event at some point. And I think Russell Henley is just going to keep doing what he does like, Oh yeah, I'm just maybe go win the Honda and uh, you know, continue to, you guys won't recognize me in the airport, but I'm going to make like $75 million over the course of my career. <laughs> um, so those three guys are going to win. I predict, I think Justin Thomas is going to win at Valhalla. I think it, it, it fits Practically the narrative. Home Say again, Practically home game. Home game. models are off the charts. I think, yeah. uh, you know, kind of has a knack for the PGA championship. Um, so I'm going to throw that one out there. Uh, Randy, I, of course, I loved your Rory prediction at uh, at Valhalla, but I, I feel like JT. I, I'm I'm pretty bullish on JT next season, uh, and I also predict that Matt Fitzpatrick is going to win his second U.S. Open at Pinehurst Number Two. Mm, wow. I think it sets up really well for him when he likes to wail on driver, and obviously he's a grinder. Um, I, I just kind of have a I got a, I got a feeling a Crenshaw feeling about uh, about Fitzy doing it again. He looked bulky <laughs> this week. The speed, the speed training appears to be continuing. Yeah, which I think sets up well for that course. Uh, and then, of course, Nelly's going to win a major. Um, so we're going to we're going to tick what? another one. Off one a year list, for eleven more years, 11. baby. Hey, let's go slow and steady. Um, and then I'm not ready to make a master's call. I'm really struggling with this one, but I've narrowed it down to four guys. So that kind of a prediction, but I think Scotty, Rory, Cantlay, or Jason Day. Mm. It can only be one of those four mm. for the Masters. And I this will make a pick before the Masters, but I, I kind of have a weird feeling about Jason Day. I've always thought that Augusta fit his game really well. He puts it well. I think he deserves a lot of credit for a comeback last year. Um, yeah. And uh, he seemed, you know, he played well this week. So we'll, maybe we'll see him in his uh, in his lunar pants out at Augusta doing big things this year. I feel like he's finished in the top five like ten times. That might. So be that's it. That's all I got memory. for you. Uh, Those are good all stuff. the speed one. Uh, yeah, thank you, Neil. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I no, I'm back on the Sungjae thing. I almost gave Sungjae a superlative. I, I had him. I was trying to think up a Rick Barnes memorial. Nobody does consistently does less with more, and <laughs> Sungjae was going to be my recipient for that. I agree with that. It's pretty frustrating. I mean, I feel like he, you know, we don't really, you know, I feel like Xander, same deal, right? I, I, I feel like I'm with you, Randy. You said it on on the Wednesday show. Like Cantlay, it's about the only thing left. He has to win a major, like yeah. FedEx Cup. There's not, yeah. Like I, I don't think winning the players really makes him any more, you know, doesn't make him any more special. Like he's he's plateaued until he wins a major. 
So yeah. I feel like he ha- he's another guy that has to get one of those this year. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, on our uh, goals pod, which you can also catch on the trap draw, we uh, we we made a, a point this year to uh, to quote celebrate dubs uh, as they they come along. We we create a Slack channel about celebrating your dubs or your W's if you're uh, if you don't know what dub stands for. Uh, but just, maybe I don't know if we do it weekly or whatnot, but we'll have to do a check in as we can. Any any dubs we want to celebrate this week? DJ, well, you, I don't want to steal your thunder, but guys, I, I want to pat myself on the show, on the, on the back yesterday. I woke up at 4 45 AM on a Saturday, uh, in order to beat the traffic, to drive up to Vail, to ski a powder day yesterday. So that, Whoa. that is me dub. giving myself a dub. Massive. Was, and it was a great day and it was a great day. Hell yeah. Randy, you, you beat the lift that. lines, beat the lift lines. Yeah. That's mm. great. Randy. I'm on a uh, I'm on a seven day workout streak, ten plus strain. So we're we're it's we're done. on our way to to 31 straight, ten plus days, uh, and we're uh, 14 miles into our 500 mile quest. So oh, we're babe, that's we're aw- that's we're doing some we're doing some impressive. things, Randy. Some yeah, I had a wedding last night. And I woke up this morning. I got a workout in the day, even though I didn't really want to. So I'm starting to get the habit in there. Hell yeah, dubs. Dude, we you need got a soundboard thing, yeah, for a dub. Uh, I got I got my first uh, or first official oil painting in the books. For those that haven't listened to the pod, I was I was just uh, rapturous in my in my uh, acclaim for Bob Ross. Apparently, a big deal. Uh, Four hundred some episodes of the joy of painting. I stumbled upon one at my in laws on Christmas Eve and was just transfixed and so i was like you know i think i'm gonna go to the paint store when we get back and uh just buy a bunch of stuff and so i bought a bunch of stuff went down to the basement for a couple hours cranked some tunes neil and uh spun up a spun up a painting one of 12 i said i was gonna do one a month and so uh yeah just out there making making some happy accidents uh down in the basement so happy happy with the results of number one uh dj was very impressed with your painting that was really good that was really good I, i i would love to take more credit i this is the Genuine situation, like if you just follow the instructions, it's really hard to mess it up. I like, could not I, do that, I, what you did. I hope nobody way. does, so nobody sees that. Like, oh, actually, that was way easier than it than it looked. Uh, but thank you. No, I see, Cody. I don't know if you can whip that painting up in in time, but uh, that would be. I'm sure the people would would love to see that. But uh, guys, I had a dub today. I shot two under, and I'm Let's absolutely go. tickled. Uh, did I you post the score. Score is posted. It dropped my handicap by 0.6 shots. It was a hybrid T. It wasn't even a blue. It wasn't an up T. It was a hybrid T. Three putted par and had a water ball in there too. But shot 37, 33 this morning at Timaquana. And uh, I, it's, it's coming. It's actually, it's two rounds in a row under par. I haven't done that in probably close to three years now, but it's starting to come out the window. Had a great lesson. And uh, I'm I'm really I'm tickled with how it's going right now. But on a better note, Cody does have the photo of uh, DJ's painting if you want to see it. It's oh, uh, look at that! <laughs> so good. Great podcast audio here for those listening <laughs> to the car. Uh, you got to watch uh, live. You got to do both. Just, yeah, give us a yeah, view on both. Give us a download just, on both. It's, you it's just the view you. out to DJ's house in Milwaukee. That yeah. is gorgeous. Lake Lake Michigan. It's the uh, Wisconsin <laughs> River there. Is it actually? Did he, did Bob say it was like a specific mountain? No, it's. I, I think he's heavily influenced by Alaska and his time there. But uh, you know, so I think it's just kind of a random. That's the other thing is there's 400 some episodes. They're they're pretty much all the same. There's usually a mountain and some water and some trees. But uh, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to figure out a way to keep it 
you know, keep it interesting. Cody, did you know Bob Ross was a 20-year military guy? Master Sergeant in the Air Force. Drill Sergeant. I did. I I grew up watching uh, Bob Ross, like, religiously. I, I think me and my uh, my good friend Craig Miller, which uh, he listens to the podcast, weird weird shout out there. But we actually used to uh, skip the period immediately after lunch. We would go get some Taco Johns. Shout out to anybody that that'll chow down on some potato like taco lays. place that sold like tater yeah tater tots or something. Yeah, potato lays respect. All right, and uh, and we probably like smoke. A, something that we weren't supposed to just watch Bob Ross and eat burritos. It was so fun. There's so many days I wish I could go back 20 years ago now and just be like, man, just put me right back there. It's, it's so relaxing. Can't I will say it this. They're all on YouTube for free as well. It's great. DJ. I have attempted this one time. You're making it sound a lot easier than it actually is. This is a masterful job. It really thank is you. really good. Thank you. Thank you. I was pretty impressed by that i'm going to i've been watching a lot of youtube stuff my goal by the end of the year we're we're adjusting for some sub goals i think just to show like how untalented i am i'm gonna i'm gonna do a portrait just to show what that looks like (laughs) and embrace the full george w bush uh a self-portrait comp i don't know about a self-portrait but i'll do a portrait of someone maybe i'll recreate his putin portrait somebody's asking you to recreate uh the icarito painting Icarito, yeah, yeah. We'll I was gonna say, say like whoever wins the FedEx Cup, you should do a portrait That's of them. Maybe like, whoever wins, maybe whoever wins tourist sauce. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah. On that note, uh, a bit of an announcement uh, for our loyal listeners: uh, we'll be taking a bit of a break on the Sunday recaps. I believe it's going to be three straight Sundays. Uh, the boys, we are, will be taking a break. The episodes, the episodes continue. keep going. We will be turning the reins over to Kevin Van Valkenburg and a uh, a rotating uh, crew that will be co-hosting uh, with him on the Sunday nights. But uh, we are off to film season nine of Taurus Sauce. We are uh, about six months behind when we usually film it. We usually space them out by one year, but uh, this one, for a variety of reasons, is spaced out 18 months. Uh, so uh, Taurus Sauce Wisconsin will be kicking off here uh, quite soon here t- t- to wrap out the uh, round out the month of January uh, episodes. Tough will timing, be, big snowstorm coming here. Uh, they'll brought to you by our friends at Precision Pro. The episodes will be out uh, in a few months, but if you don't hear from us for quite some time, the episodes will be here. Keep downloading, keep listening, but uh, we will be rotating out uh, and and stepping away from pro golf for a little bit. A much 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 needed break, and very excited to get to our destination which is uh of course of course remaining a secret we're not saying we so quit asking yeah we're quit asking it's a total scotty putting situation i yeah, don't know what you're exactly doing. right yeah i don't or I'm really a hovland joe mayo situation <laughs> uh, a couple other things we got to track but i mean come on use your imagination it's it's fucking january 7th like where where do you think we're going come on y'all ever seen the red sea uh trap draw goals podcast is live it if if you're wondering why we're calling out dubs the reap year is upon us you can go listen to that and and understand you know what the hell we're talking about and then in the pro shop we got new head covers putter covers other accessories will be live later this week uh we'll be sending out our email newsletter so if you want more info on that or to be the first to know that's newsletter.nolayingup.com solly that's all i've got 
That is it for the first live recap show of 2024. We will be back. Uh, the next one will be uh, from at Pebble Beach for the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We're going to have a lot of content uh, from the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. More details on that in the coming weeks uh, towards the end of the month. But we're greatly looking forward to that as the, uh, the, the big guns of the golf world get all back together uh, here at one of the world's great golf destinations. It's going to be an absolute banger this year. Very excited about that. So uh, we'll have normal episodes coming out every week during the week, as well as we'll, as we mentioned, continue to have Sunday night episodes. But uh, we thank you guys for tuning in live. Cody, thank you for running the ones and twos. See everyone live in the chat, everyone listening in their car, everyone watching on Twitter or on Instagram or on YouTube, wherever you're watching this. Uh, greatly appreciate your support. Congratulations again to Chris Kirk as we put week one of the PGA Tour season in the books. We'll see you back here soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bang-a-lang! Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different.